Hey, Dennis, there's the bell. Sorry, sorry. Dennis is texting at the beginning. His class hasn't even started yet. He's going to get his fucking phone taken away. God damn it. He's going to get his phone taken away. Come on, she's not paying attention. You don't have to fucking bring attention to me. Class is now in session. What's up, degenerates? It's Satanic Study Hall. We're here again. Can't get rid of us. Uh, We're going to be here for a while. I know Johnny. Dennis, Hi. Richie, hello. they're all hanging out with me today. Again, welcome to your favorite podcast, Satanic Study Hall. We are diving into the Satanic Panic. It is now official, Johnny. Part one begins today. It's going to be fun. 80s Satanic Panic, the sparks that set it off, and all of the shit that happened throughout its entire period. And when I say its entire period, it's still going on right now. Yes, it is. It has never ended. I don't think it ever will. Uh, I honestly don't. I mean, there's a lot we can talk about right now. You just, I mean, type in Satan in Google right now, and you're going to find out a lot of crazy shit. A great guy with horns and a, you know, a tail. That's right. I want a tail. You, you know, we should get you a trident. Yeah, that would be so cool. <laughs> I would totally rock the shit out of that. See, yeah, I think you'd take it everywhere you go, too. You want to go for a hike? Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> a walking stick, a trident, everything. In case you haven't joined us, and I say this every time, and I will continue to do so just in case there's any New Year's out there, we are a podcast featuring a rotating bench of members of the Satanic Temple and just degenerates in general. We are here to talk about Satanism from its inception to modern day. We'll dive into news and entertainment from the eyes of modern Satanists and anything else that really accompanies that. We say this a lot on our podcast that we are not coming into Satanic Study Hall in any way, shape, or form experts myself johnny dennis i'm definitely not no fucking expert (laughs) anybody else that joins us you know we're learning together i'm mentally disabled there's no way i'm a fucking expert (laughs) (laughs) and again that's one of the reasons why we decided to go with the the study hall moniker was that as we're going through material and putting it out for the world to hear we're learning a lot about the shit ourselves yes we are and gaining perspective I know I have side conversations with everybody involved in the podcast. Just I think I'm learning more than you because I'm learning a lot about myself. Yes, absolutely. And my lack of patience. Yeah. Are you, <laughs> is Johnny getting on your nerves already? We are four minutes into this thing. Probably. I'm not letting but him. That's I'm okay. not letting him. Woosa, breathe in and out. Not let him today. I'm not. I'm not hitting the ring bell this week. I haven't even said anything Usa, yet. Goose blah blah. <laughs> Goose fraba. <laughs> So the easiest way to find Satanic Study Hall, if you just happen to be an extra pair of ears in the room, is by going to satanicstudyhall.com. We are on all major podcast platforms as well. Just type our name in and you will find us. And you will also see our beautiful new logo. It is actually made by a friend of mine named Tyler. Tyler, again, thank you for that. He volunteered. Thank you, Tyler. Tyler. Dennis, why do you have that look on your face? I'm just really excited. I guess you want me to explain. Um, you do look excited. You know, I thought it was really cute. Johnny's sitting here in front of me, and he just opened up his notebook, and he's shuffling around his papers, and he blasted out the goddamn study hall ed- episode planner that you created. No, no, not destroyed. You hear the there paper it is. Rustling, he paper, saved yeah. it. It's in good shape, too. It's, it's not crinkled. It's fucking not is. Folded. I don't fuck around. Well done, Johnny. Yeah, I, I got to give you props on that. I don't even know where mine is. No, I think he's got me on the notes for uh, for this uh, episode. <laughs> See, the difference in report cards of mine and yours is you get grades, I get banana stickers. <laughs> 
I, that's where you go for the second half of the day. All right. I was wondering about that. Yes. Oh, uh, wow. I still can't fit the square in the circle, but someday it'll happen. <laughs> we have some really good news. Uh, there was an event some of us partook in, and it was Satanic Delco's To Hell With Homelessness. This was a huge success with not much time for planning beforehand. And also a challenge in, in the course of COVID-19 and mm-hmm. all the little restrictions that are involved in not only just giving things out, but safely preparing the bags, acquiring the product. Uh, Frankie and Johnny and Dennis and Richie, who's here, and Joseph were all there. It was awesome. There were The media gave it some good coverage. A lot of good people got some uh, got some help. But more importantly, I do kind of want to pass the mic over to these guys and have them tell us a little more about it. It was great seeing the turnout that was there because I really didn't expect to see that many people actually show up for this. And it was great to actually go out there and give back to, you know, trying to make somebody's day a little bit brighter who's less fortunate than you are, you know, by giving them uh, just a bag with a sandwich and, you know, snacks and socks and hand sanitizer. And it's just, it was, it was a great feeling. Sandwiches look good. I wanted one. I made the sandwiches. Did about, you? Yes. They looked really good. About 12 people? It was a good what, turnout. One of us? Yeah. It was more like 25. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was excited when I saw, I mean, I got stuck working that day, but when I, so yeah, I. when I saw the group photo, I was like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, I didn't, I didn't expect to see that many people. Yeah, neither did Me I. Neither. We, had a, we had a fun time. We had so a fun how, did, time. how did it all go down? Um, I mean, as far as, like, I mean, obviously you guys all met up somewhere. We picked teams. We met at the like, 69th Street. Yeah, 69th Street Terminal. And well, the Tower Theater parking lot, you know, uh, behind the um, the the movie theater on 69th Street. Okay. Super sketchy parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Free parking. Yeah, it was oh, free. Yeah. All right, good. Of course, it's Upper Darby. It's worth the roll of dice. Be careful! I live there and charge twenty five bucks if you don't pay a meter. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I live there. I live there too. I lived there for twenty one years. So where they never were... lived there. I always picked my 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 animal shit up, like my rats and, yeah. and guinea pigs for my snakes up. At, oh, at um, the uh, Wildwood Aquarium. Yeah, yeah, that place. I love that the place. Shit. They used to have all, yeah, they used to have all those exotic pets, mm-hmm. like snakes and shit. Now, were there a decent amount of people to hand the bags out to? That were out that day. I know the weather was pretty nice. Um, I didn't hand out any actually. They, um, it, 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 there wasn't a big crowd. A lot of them were trying to stay out of the heat. It was it was pretty hot that day. I think they they were able to disperse. We we got half the bags, maybe you know, in between forty five to sixty percent of the bags out. And I know they they went out uh, later that night and handed some more out. Um, now I know the sixty ninth Street Terminal brings out all types of people in general. It's a transportation hub. Yeah, I'm there but all the time. <laughs> Dennis was uh, Dennis posted some things on our social uh, media group, which by the way is called Satanic Study Hall Presents. The, the goat, goat farm. farm. Please search for that and join the up. The goat farm. Um, but yes, yeah, so Dennis posted a couple of pictures accompanied by a video, and there was a special individual that tried taking <laughs> you know some of your attention away from Johnny and Richie, and he was handing out some shit. Now, do you think that guy was there because Satanic Delco was in the newspaper? Honestly, for me, I don't think so. Just because they're there a lot. Yeah, they they are there a lot. Um, they're not. It's not like an everyday event. You'll see, you'll see them there. It's just it's it's every now and then. I, yeah, I honestly, personally, I do not think he was there for for that sort of in you know intent. He might have known that we were coming, and he might have had. He but, looked visually overwhelmed. He did. Well, like, I mean, like he had. It was Satanist It was Satanist after Satanist <laughs> after Satanist, and I don't even think he had enough handout materials. <laughs> he had no. Yeah, he had these little like business cards that had like passages on it. 
like verses from the Bible, but that was about it. And we were all wondering, like, you know, he, he, he was saying that, you know, we were all going to hell because we didn't do it. In, you know, even though we were doing good things, they weren't in servitude of his Lord. Right. So, instead, you know, because we weren't serving his Lord, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It it didn't you were doing matter. good, but you're still going to hell because yes. you didn't do it in his Lord's exactly. name. I see it as he's giving out paper. We gave out sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Who's doing the better thing? I'm pretty yeah. sure the Who's homeless people are going to like us more. Right? Who's right. feeding yeah. who tonight? <laughs> and again, uh, props to you guys for, for taking the time out of your day. I would have been there by your side if uh, dude didn't call it work. But uh, it was awesome. Some of the members brought their kids, which is great. Yeah. A great, yeah. great thing to see. Going back to the um, the dude handing out the, the business cards. In this time, he really freaked me out because he wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, I yeah. noticed that too. He was just standing out there handing this shit out. Right. Without wearing a mask. But yeah, was, exactly. wasn't he concerned about everybody's safety? I mean, he, he wanted to make sure. No, he was, was just concerned. What he was just concerned was what concerned. happens after they die. Oh, okay. He didn't care what happens. You know, what, you know what, what convince you know what, what charges them to die, or not charges them, but you know what, what you know the reason they, they reason, died. Yeah. yeah, the reason they died, or I mean, shit. What's going to f- save them from dying? God forbid. You know, what we, the we fuck stop is that. science anyway? <laughs> what is well, science? Well, if they believe, they won't get it. That's just theory, probably. That's right. COVID nineteen. <laughs> I blow. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, oh, did you see COVID nineteen. Did you see that meme I posted in the goat farm yeah. with that guy? Yeah, yeah the original, good. the original video, and then you've got his disciples that are there that repeat everything he's right, saying. Right, right, uh, his hype men. All right, and big shout out to Satanic Delco for what they did with to hell with homelessness. Hope there's more good shit to come like that. Okay. All right, so let's recalibrate before we get into all the uh, juicy stuff. Johnny, how's your week been? I know you don't like to talk much, and every time I tend to go to you, you kind of give me that fuck off look. You give me a little. Um, <laughs> Do I really? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> God damn fuck it, off, Bill. Bill. God, why are you putting me on the fucking spot? Uh, but how's your week been? What's, what's new? Well, if I can get off topic for for uh, a minute or two. No! <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. Something really fucked up happened to me on, I think it was Monday. Okay. Uh, we had to go out. Where did you know, he touch to get, you? To get a couple things. I'll show you on the doll later. I'll point to, I'll point to it on the doll. <laughs> it's in the nurse's office. Yeah. We had to go to, uh, you know, where the Walmart, you know, the Walmart in there, in the yeah. shopping center where the bowling alley is and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go there often. Yeah, there was, there's an Arby's there, right? And all I wanted was an Arby's roast beef sandwich for dinner. Oh, man, right? the, Arby's Yeah, the wife so sent long. me there. So I wanted an Arby's roast beef for dinner. Yeah, they got the meats. Shit. Yeah, and I go around to the drive-thru, right? And the first thing out of the fucking person's mouth is, I hate to tell you this, but we're out of roast beef. Oh, fuck. You want to talk about the pissed off look? That's all I wanted was a roast beef sandwich. Yeah, you went there specifically. (laughs) Did you at least get the curly fries? I was like, fuck you. Just drove away. Did you at least get the curly fries? No, I didn't get anything. fucking idiot. I know. How does Arby's run out of roast beef? Isn't that what they're known for? It's like Wawa running out of fucking cigarettes and milk. Yeah, and half and half. (laughs) Oh, he's tea, yeah. We don't have any coffee. So I guess in this case, Arby's just didn't have the meat. They shit the fucking bed. That's what they did. Damn. All right, let's just let's just move on now. Dennis, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, anything fun and exciting happened this week? I got that inverted cross plaque with the um, the Baphomet in the Jesus pose kind of thing. You must. Are you getting to know your Amazon driver on a first name oh, basis? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> He's meeting my fucking family. Every, every He's episode, over for dinner. Every episode of Satanic Study Hall, Dennis tells us about his new deliveries. It's you great. have no idea. And <laughs> I, dude, I got so many coming. more coming in. Yeah, one one just came in from overseas. 
Oh, it it's did. It's that bathroom yes. that you went on the podcast. I know. Remember? Yeah, the one that I paid for myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, what, the 23rd, it checked in in Chicago. Oh, dude, it checked in like four different times in the Ukraine. And But yeah, it should be here soon. We can finally get that all going on our Instagram. Oh, I, I just ordered the fucking Bane um, final show on DVD. They just have a. They just uh, set out a pre-release for that, so I was really excited about that. Yeah, I saw all that post that you wrote. Deep stuff, man. Yeah, right? it was that, that that excerpt that you that you. I, yeah, that was powerful. Mm-hmm. I think I put in the little quote that hit me the hit me the most. That right, was, that was and there's some there's some good motherfuckers, man. I miss them. So what about you, Richie. Oh, by the way, Richie is joining us first time here in class. Hi, um, Richie. What's up, Richie? Hi, Richie. Uh, Richie, Richie is Richie. a fellow Satanist, so he's going to introduce himself real quick and uh, talk about a couple things. Hey, um, Richie, uh, my week's been kind of slow, but it's usually slow during the week at my shop. Uh, I sold a Black Dahlia snow globe. Nice. nice. Now, what is your shop? Uh, rock and Roll Knife Fight. I'm on Marshall Road in Lansdowne. Oh, okay. It's kind of like punk rock, heavy metal, serial killers, a little bit of everything, so stuff you're not going to see in the mall. What kind of stuff you got on serial killers? T-shirts. Yeah, jewelry. I might have to come down. I have a Charles Manson snow globe. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got this pillowcase. It's got Ted Bundy, um, John Wayne Gacy, and um, it's Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. It's got his, like their three heads like printed like like a pattern print all over it. Nice. Yeah. Back to you, Richie. Yeah. So a little bit of everything. So I got I got a Charles Manson T-shirts too. Hell yeah. What's yeah. the biggest size you sell? Can you get shirts for like big fat guys like me? Um, we don't sell stuff sloth. Some stuff have been 2X and 3X, but <laughs> it's guys. hard trying to, because of COVID, it's hard trying to get stuff in. I'm back-ordered right. on so much shit. Yeah, Some stuff is. I got emails saying, we'll ship it maybe in October. It's August. I'm like, you might ship it in October? <laughs> right. Well, there was just an, an announcement by UPS, like anybody that's shipped packages in the last three days can expect to add one to 14 days to their expected oh delivery God. based on their backlog. Holy shit! Yeah. Damn, that's yeah. it's pretty wild. Like, I'm never gonna every, get my fucking guitar. And the U.S. mail is just as bad. All right, Richie. If people wanted to find you online, do you have some kind of a shop or a social media they can check out? Yeah, you can just go to rrknifefight.com, and you can also use that at rrknifefight for Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, all that stuff. So that's got my hours and address, and you can come by. I actually bought a satanic rosary from Richie. Yeah. I, I, it's got my name written all over it's it. It's awesome. We'll be Rosary Twins. Yes. I, I, that's the same one you put on. That's exactly what I want. That is I, so I custom fucking make cute. Each yeah. one with love. We'll wear it together every time we record. We'll take pictures, too. That is so fucking cute. It is. Rosary maybe, twins. We'll, maybe we'll Don't be jealous, there. Dennis. Fuck uh, Pearl Jam. Fuck oh, Pearl God. Jam. Keep Pearl that in. Jam. Keep that in, yeah. Fuck don't, don't even get me started on that. The Devil's Dictionary. Today's word is narcissist. Definition of narcissist. An extremely self-centered person who has an exaggerated sense of self-importance. A person who is overly concerned with their physical appearance. Narcissist used in a sentence. Because the king is a narcissist, he ignores his citizens and focuses his time on satisfying his own needs. Narcissistic individuals are much too self-absorbed to be effective in the field of helping others. Thanks for tuning in on another episode of The Devil's Dictionary. Remember, always try and take the higher road and don't be a dick. Apositanus!
So as mentioned before, today's main topic is the Satanic Panic, specifically in the 1980s. So why are we covering the Satanic Panic? Now, a lot of Satanic media outlets, podcasts, YouTube videos, or whatever, kind of choose not, not all of them, but some of them choose not to dive into the Satanic Panic, because I think some people think they might be beating a dead horse. Everybody talks about it. It's been the focal point of a lot of different shows, talk shows, podcasts, uh, media specials, you name it. We're talking about it because most everybody else talks about the Satanic Panic like it's over. The Satanic Panic is not over. No. It is alive and well. Yes. That's, again, that's why we're talking about it. There's a lot that people still might need to know about what happened, what exactly it is, especially, you know, people a little bit younger than us. Not that it might not need the attention, but nonetheless, uh, there's, there's a lot of different perspectives and opinions on it. But we're talking about it because the Satanic Panic is still happening to this day. And we figured by laying the groundwork for our listeners, uh, whether they're Satanists, you know, old and new, there there are definitely some things to be learned about some of the fucked up shit that happened in the 1980s and 90s and how many lives were ruined just based on complete bullshit, false claims of Satanism. Mm-hmm. Now, you were at the beginning of our Satanic Panic series. This episode, we're talking about the intro in the 1980s. On our next episode, we'll be diving into the Satanic Panic in the 1990s. We'll be taking a deep look at the West Memphis 3 case. And we'll also be talking about modern day examples of the Satanic Panic. Now, we'll be leading into the end of our three-part series by primarily focusing on Gray Faction. And all the awesome initiatives that Gray Faction and the Satanic Temple are doing to eradicate all the pseudoscience bullshit. And bring it to light and start holding people accountable that are still doing this fucking ridiculous shit that we're going to really get into today. Dennis. Yes. What was the Satanic Panic? Satanic Panic was a moral panic that spread across the states in the beginning of the 1980s that ended up spreading throughout many parts of the world by the late 90s based on allegations of satanic ritual abuse and I mean, a lot of crazy shit, as, as we'll hear throughout this um, throughout these next couple episodes. And, you know, like, like I said, it wasn't just the United States that hit this. It hit Canada. It hit Australia, New Zealand, uh, New Zealand, New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand. Uh, That's a new country. It is. It is. Um, I learned about it in our geography class. Did Sweet. You know, were you not paying attention? Who's the teacher in that class? Is that uh, near Canada? A Canadian? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is actually right above Greenland. Okay. That's but, right. That's right next to Pennsylvania, right? No, no, it's that's a couple states that's over. Left of us. Okay. I mean, yes. West. West is left. Yeah, yeah West. Yeah, because it spells we. Never that's right. eat shredded well, wheat. Just yeah. it, it always spells we. Oh, over. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Hey. So you gotcha. learn. So you study hall, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Someone paid attention. All right. Uh, anyway, New Zealand, Belgium, Brazil, Ireland, Italy. The Netherlands, South Africa, and the UK. You know, a couple of those, a, a couple of examples. You know, like like I said, I was talking about Australia. It happened in Perth, um, Melbourne, uh, Central Coast of New South Wales. Um, just just small little things like in Melbourne in two thousand, like like here, yeah, two thousand one. It's newer day than than even the eighties that we're talking about right now. It just says that the Melbourne um, Diocese of the Catholic Church acknowledged. Uh, as substantially true allegations that a Melbourne priest took part in satanic ritual abuse in which a number of deaths occurred in the 1960s. And they're, you know, they're just finding out about it in the, in the, in the 2000s. So I love that word alleged. Oh, there goes something. 
one of the teachers, oh. uh, one of the teachers' um, posters fell. One of her little like motivational posters. One of the cats with the. Good. I was sick of looking at it anyway. I know. Always hanging. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I'm trying to explain the it to cat, them. The hang in there. Yeah, the hanging. He's always hanging. Yeah. Yeah, just like. I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to explain it to, the, to, to everyone listening what, it, what it's supposed to be on our fucking wall. Um, I actually ripped it down. Did you? Yeah. Why? I was tired of looking at it too. Oh, okay. Yeah, Johnny. <laughs> like your back's to it. You, you fucking badass. <laughs> get kicked out again. <laughs> anyway, you know, talking about the satanic ritual abuse, you know, this uh, this included both physical and sexual uh, abuse of people in the context of occult or satanic rituals. Um, and it's kind of funny. It's uh, not a coincidence that Americans became infatuated with the cosmic struggles of good and evil in the 80s because, you know, you got the 60s and the 70s saw, like, that huge spike in American um, religious, like, innovation. Right. So you got, like, a, you know, all those cult movements or, or religious movements, mm-hmm. you know, coming out. So it was, it was scaring the fuck out of people. So I'm sure the like, media had their hand in that as well. Um, I'm sure as well, too. The media is to blame for most of this, but we'll get into that. Yeah. And I guess, you know, like, like, you know, I guess pointing out one of those, one of those of that time to come out would have been the Church of Satan and then the offshoot, the Temple of Tet by, or the Temple of Set. <laughs> <laughs> I got to leave that in there. I'm oh, sorry, course. brother. The Temple of Tet. The Temple of Tet by Michael uh, Aquino. But yeah, no, the, the, the Temple of Set. Anyway, fuck you all. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, not to interrupt, but I know you're going with this because the Church of Satan and the Temple of Set basically like gave credibility, at least some credibility, to all these claims because it actually helped narrow the focus under who these Satanists were and who they were, you know, under. Yes. It put them under umbrella and right. kind of narrowed the focus of the target. Mm-hmm. If you really want to pinpoint the initial beginning of the. Um the satanic ritual abuse. You can look at the, uh, the 1970s book, uh, Michelle remembers is it was by Lawrence Pazder, who was a doctor. Did he get his PhD or Lawrence Pazder? Yes. He, he was a special guy. I'm not a fan of him at all. I don't think nobody is. should be all well, except for, you know, the church and whatnot. Um, I'm thumbing through my stuff here, but he did. We'll get in. We're going to dive into Michelle remembers a little deeper, but in a nutshell, um, I'm pretty sure he had his PhD. Um, Lawrence Pazder, he, you know what? Keep talking. I'm going to read. All right. Anyway, it was, it was initially by uh, Lawrence Pazder in, in 1980, and um, it really took concrete footing and rose to popularity with the uh, McMartin case that we will be talking about a little later this uh, this episode. But we'll talk a little bit more about um, Michelle Remembers. Pazner and Smith promoted the book across uh, North America. They led workshops for law enforcement, mental health providers, and social workers. And uh, by September of 1990, had acted as a consultant for over a 1,000 SRA cases, SRA being the satanic ritual abuse. Yeah, fuck that guy. I did find it real quick, not to interrupt you, but uh, yeah. his education was University of Alberta School of Medicine, 1961, MD. Okay. Uh, University of Liverpool in 1962, he got a diploma in tropical, tropical medicine. And at McGill University in 1968, as a specialist certificate in psychiatry and diploma in psychological medicine. Oh, anyway, so let's uh, let, let's kind of take a, a more solid focus on Michelle remembers. Michelle Smith was a patient during the 1970s of Lawrence Pazder. Smith was first treated for depression in 1973. We, we all get a little sad sometimes, you know. It, it was cool. She was seeking somebody out. 
you know, doing her thing. Three years later, in 1976, she uh, returned for therapy after three miscarriages. So I'm sure that played a real mental toll on her. Like, you know, I, I had a miscarriage with, with my ex, and, mm. I, you know, it, it fucked us. So Absolutely. I can only fucking imagine three. And according to the book, during, uh, during the beginning of her therapy, she would talk about how she had something, quote-unquote something, to tell Dr. Pazder, but she just didn't know what it was. So they, act, I'm sorry. Does it actually go back to how old she was when she first started having these sessions with Pastor? Yes, we will. Uh, you know, I was I was actually just about to get to that because oh. she um she started having these really crazy sessions. I mean, I think they did over 600 hours of sessions with this girl. Wow! But there was one session she screened for 25 minutes until she talked in the voice of a five year old girl. And the reason I point that out is because she then has because of these these it was over 14 months. That the that they had these this six hundred hours worth of, of of recorded therapy. They were using hypnosis to uncover these memories about satanic ritual abuse, and uh, what they uncovered was her at the age of five in nineteen fifty four and nineteen fifty five. Her mother Virginia Proby and a couple others. Um, they they claimed that they were in a satanic cult, and that they they had um uh, you know, she claimed that they had had abused her when she was five years old. Okay. Then she started going all crazy with, you know, it, it was, you know, like Dr. Pazder, which I'll, I'll again bring up a little later tonight. He, he was, he was kind of implanting ideas in her head, trying to draw information out, you know, with that recovered memory, was it recovered memory therapy or? Yeah, it was just memory recovery. Yeah. Generally referred to it as that, I think. Right, right. But she starts remembering a man named Malachi. He is this re- re- reoccurring character that he's, he has really scary eyes. And, you know, she's telling about riding. You know, she's telling this story about riding in a car with him. And uh, in the front seat is this dead fucking woman. Like, could you imagine being this, like, five-year-old right. girl? You have no idea who this crazy-ass bastard in the front seat driving this car is. And you got a dead girl in the front seat. Like, yeah, right. what the fuck? Sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, you want to fucking talk about a horror movie? As they're driving down the road, this motherfucker Malachi jumps out the car like he's in the Fast and Fucking Furious and sends them over a fucking cliff. After all this happens, they go and they get her and she's taken to this graveyard. They put her in this grave. It's like, what, you know, like, like what the fuck? Like, how the fuck do you think all this? But, yeah, all I hope right. I'm not stealing any of your thunder, but there is fucking no evidence of any of that anywhere. No, none. Anywhere. None. Just like most of these cases end up. Exactly. They went through, they looked for newspaper records of the car crashes. They interviewed (laughs) teachers. They looked at attendance records. There was no absenteeism. You know, and and I got to say, you know, where I'm getting a lot of a lot of this information, which I, you know, I'm I'm so glad we're bringing it up later on in this series is I got this shit from the Grey Faction website. Oh, yeah. Dude, the information they have on there is fucking amazing. And thankfully, most of it coincides with Wikipedia as well. Yes, exactly. I was was looking back and forth between the two, and 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 I was was bouncing off a couple other websites that I had found. Grey Faction is fucking loaded with information. Yes, they are. If you're ever looking for anything. I wouldn't say it's a matter of if, when. Because if if we don't inspire you to look deeper into these topics, which I hope we do, uh, do it for yourself. An educated Satanist is a better Satanist, trust me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just uh, an educated Satanist is a Satanist with IML. You know, she was, like I said, she was talking about, you know, how they put her in this grave. And then, um, you know, through, later on through the uh, the therapy session, she was she, she basically created this scene where she seemed like she was, like, rebirthed from this woman who wasn't her mother. 
It's just this fucking this this curl, right? And 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 she was like crawling out from between her legs, mm. like crazy shit, right? It reminds me yeah. of like reminds me of the scene from the fucking Evil Dead, which you know the, there isn't a girl crawling out of her. The scene where it looks like the tree rapes the girl. The girl, I know, you're you know talking what I'm talking about. about. Yeah. Just reminds me of that, like, like fucking, yeah, but yeah, exactly. Like she's all like bound up by the fucking roots and shit, mm-hmm. the vines, and yeah, it just reminded me, of, you know, just like reading about it, it reminded me of that. So the book drops in 1980, right? Yes. What happens after it drops? Like, how fast do things get going once this book gets published? Things go nuts. They, you know, they're they're on book tours. People are eating it up. Like I said, they were they were leading workshops for law enforcement agencies. They were doing it for mental mental health providers and social workers, and using it as as fucking a credible source. Like it's fucking nonfiction. Yep, it's ridiculous. By September, like like I'm repeating myself now. By September of 1990, they were a consultant in over a thousand satanic ritual abuse cases. Over ridiculous made up yes talk about putting yourself in the that's what i'm saying dude. it's fucking crazy like like this is like saying this is like me, me going and saying hey man we're charging you for murder the reason that we have evidence is because we found a paragraph in harry potter that kind of reminds us of a person that you described makes sense it's it's, it's, it's just things. just about as re- just about as relevant I've never read Harry Potter either. I, I mean, I'm just using it as an example. Like, I, I it yeah. literally, what I said makes no sense because it fucking makes no sense. So most of the shit in this book was basically impossible. Yes. Nothing's corroborated. Nothing's no. really pinpointed or anything. No, I mean, you know, they're talking about, you know, there's memories of events um, recovered, you know, like satanic ritual abuses that she believed, you know, she was forced to attend. Pazder actually implanted in her brain that she was abused by the Church of Satan themselves. Which she, you know, which she stated is a worldwide organization predating the Christian Church. So I guess he wasn't really talking about the Levian Church of Satan, but he's he's saying that there is another quote unquote Church of Satan, now, right? Which is, right. You know, I guess, would be the theistics. You know, the first witch ritual that was done to her was in 1954, um, and the last one was an 81 day ritual. In 1955, that supposedly summoned Satan himself and involved uh, the intervention of Jesus, the Virgin Mary, and Michael, the Archangel, who removed the scars received by her throughout the years of abuse that blocked memories of events until the time was right. Oh, let me tell you how good that sounds. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, during the rites, um, Smith was allegedly tortured, looked in, uh, or locked in cages, sexually assaulted, forced to participate with various rituals, witnessed sev- uh, several human sacrifices, and was rubbed with the blood and body parts of, of various like sacrificed infants and shit. Do they actually? Where do I go to see this shit? Yeah, right. Do they actually <laughs> mention in your notes like like how much they actually? I, mean? Yeah, uh, I'm looking at it right now. To be honest with you, it said that. Uh, Michelle remembers brought Pazder three hundred and forty-two thousand dollars in rights. Holy shit! But not only did they so Wait, how that, much three hundred forty-two thousand dollars in rights right off. And the this bat. is but this, you guys this think about this? Yeah, this is three hundred forty-two thousand. Seventy-eight, seventy-nine. It's being re- and released. Like, think of how much that's worth now. So on, on top of that, though, because that that's nuts pennies compared to what this did for his career. Yeah, he all he had to do was write a book. Right now, wasn't this motherfucker on Oprah Winfrey or some shit? Uh, or it was talked about. So talked I, I, about. For I'm some sure reason, was. I think Oprah's book club, because if you write yeah. a book and Oprah Winfrey talked about you, no, doesn't it doesn't matter what's yeah, in that Michelle book. Michelle was on the no, book. It was not like that. I'm she sorry. was a little more sensational. A little more like sens- Donahue. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, a little bit more, yeah. So I'm, so I'm, I'm very, very rather um, curious as to how much money he really did make over time because he didn't appear in a thousand cases as expert witness for free. I'm sure it was no Joel Olstein bullshit, but at the same time, like this motherfucker literally made a killing off oh, of sure just he got lecture fees and shit. Like yeah, that. and it just uh, it just blows my mind. All you had to do in the early eighties was write a controversial book and stand by your word. And just to uh, clarify, Bill, he wasn't on Oprah Winfrey. Actually, Michelle Smith was. She was. Yeah. Oh, well, even better. It's. I mean, she probably. You know, there was all the pageantry involved in that show. Was she ever well. on Springer? Uh, no, <laughs> no. I was just probably wondering. should have been. It would have been more <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All of a sudden, Pazder comes out the back. <laughs> you they bitch. start fighting. <laughs> you told everybody it was bullshit. Fucking chair over the back of the Steve head. Steve comes out of there, starts separating, and the chair comes flying. <laughs> Audience is throwing copies of the books at them. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> Damn, they were onto something. That should be our first satanic study hall comedy sketch. <laughs> I think Jerry Springer is available for bookings. I'm sure he is. Wait, isn't he dead? No, no, he's very much alive. Good, good old Jerry Springer. I want to give him a hug. So, question about this Pazder guy. <laughs> yeah, back to what we were talking about. And I know, I mean, I don't. I'm pretty sure you probably have more on Michelle Remembers than anything. And this could be a segue. It could not be a segue. But wasn't he a an expert witness <clears throat> on the McMartin preschool trial? Yes, and I will actually both him and Michelle Smith make an appearance in the McMartin case. Of Ooh. course they do. I mean, why How wouldn't fitting. they? It was right there at the, at, you know, in the right in the, the spark of their fucking, their book time. I mean, it was what? 1984? 83? 83, 84. Well, 84 is when they, they, they started, started using, the using the book in the trial, right. but yeah. And this is the beginning of all the media sensationalism. Yep. Like, news just changed. There was no longer pre-recorded half an hour to hour blocks of news anymore. Right around this time, 24-hour news networks started coming on, and mm -hmm. they needed material. Mm -hmm. They needed something to report on. So as Michelle Remembers came out, and the media took anybody's bullshit cop job story and preached it. <laughs> as cop a, job. Cop job. <laughs> and preached it as if it were, you know, coming out of fucking God's mouth. Right, right. Just because... They experienced it, then it was fact, and then just and, you, and then it just snowballed it. And we're going to talk about the media more and more. At least I am. Fucking, just think about the you know all like like what, what's the what's that fucking TV show? The program, the Nine Hundred Club or whatever. Seven Hundred Club. Seven Hundred Club. Club. Imagine all like all of those TV networks that have those kind of fucking programs. Imagine how they were at this time. They were oh, used as a oh weapon. My they God. were used as a weapon in the Satanic Panic. Yeah. The Seven Hundred Club and all those there fucking. Was the one with the really old nun. She was like. Big fat old nun. I, I think I know you're talking I, I think about. I, I think yeah. I do she do it all the time. I remember her being on, talking about all kinds of stuff. All right, fuck the media. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not in a bad mood tonight, but some of the stuff just really pisses me off. And the more comfortable, it's the fucking I, heat in here, man. Well, the more comfortable I, I get with the podcast, the more comfortable I am. You know, opening up as we all are a little bit more and more. More, and more. I know. But um, two more sessions, and I'll be in that fucking cuddle session. With you. <laughs> That's right, under the covers. Oh yeah, underwear. All right. <laughs> just making sure that was stated. All right. I just wanted to make sure because I, I knew that he was, I'm, I didn't know. I was pretty sure he was an expert witness in that case, but it's just how ironic that he skipping stones from one bullshit case to the next. Right, right. 
No, you know, like, like, like going back to just, just kind of giving even more of, even more of a, a pinpoint on the satanic ritual abuse. You know, throughout the panic, they tried to use uh, techniques to uncover memories of satanic ritual abuse or SRA. I, I, I'm going to start saying SRA. I think that's just fucking a lot easier than satanic ritual abuse. It, it doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't, yeah. and it just fucking puts stupid ass images in my head when I hear it. So. I know, but then I feel like I'm half ass in all my work if I just say SRA. Satanic study hall audience. From this point forward, satanic ritual abuse will now be referred to as SRA. I'm just going to call it that thing. <laughs> that John? Yeah, that John. That John. Yeah, they're, uh, they're using techniques to uncover uh, memories of SRA. And, uh, of course, the media was... Um, they're eating this. They're eating this shit up, like fucking blasting it all over the air, which just furthered the fucking spread of the moral panic. You know, as you were saying, like it just created this fucking frenzy. Because I mean, look, look, look at what the people are, or how how people are today with the whole fucking Black Lives Matter and the protests going on and the looting and the, you know, the the, the, the cop shootings. Like, think of, think of how it's, it's ramping people up seeing it on the media today. Like, oh yeah, and again, we're 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 inundated with that shit. But I, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because just to kind of paint the picture again for some of our younger listeners in the '80s. You watch television. You watch whatever was live. If you didn't have it on VHS tape or Betamax. Yeah, there was no Facebook. There yeah. was no Instagram, you, you, no Twitter, no MySpace. Pause. There was no computers. Yeah, I mean. You were yeah. lucky if you had a computer. I mean, and if you had a computer, it read five and a quarter inch discs and didn't even have a modem yet. Um, I mean, they were out there, but they were Give these were young kids a floppy disk and see what happens. That's right. But nonetheless, like the, the point I'm trying to make is like where millions of Americans and people all over the world were subjected to what came across their eyes on television and what was printed in a newspaper. And once once this stuff caught fire, it wasn't just because it was a story to tell. It's because these stories equaled ratings. And whoever told it better, to the victor go the spoils. Right. You know what I mean? And yep. you had these four major news networks reporting on, you know, trying to, you know, get the scoop on the next big court case, which in turn open the floodgates and people hunting these things out when a normal fucking crime or maybe some legitimate case of sexual abuse that happened right. in somebody's family suddenly was right. demonized and and it was satanic and yeah. then you know then you've got you know people like damian eccles years later that fucking suffer because this mentality just grows and becomes a poison it's yeah. it's crazy how can, this happens i can hear the teaser now in my head <laughs> satanic ritual abuse does it happen to your child details at 11 <laughs> yeah, seriously it's 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 nuts <laughs> did you just miss spork center with sri is that what that is is that what that is <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit. we're gonna get sued now <laughs> we, we just associated nightly sports center and espn i don't know how it popped in my head it just kind of did is michael jordan <laughs> a satanist <laughs> is michael jordan a satanist Tune in next time on Satanic Study Hall. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. Play, play the Eagles fight song backwards and you'll hear some fucked up backwards right, masking. Right, there you go. <laughs> uh, we needed that. All right. We need to have fun, too. Anyway, it's right. a serious matter. Now, overall, the, uh, over, over the course of the 80s, Satanic Panic, because we're just focusing on the 80s, so we'll just keep it at that. The FBI spent um, nearly a million dollars investigating the allegations that led to the so-called satanic panic and they of course concluded with no fucking evidence you know there was no satanic ritual abuse ever existed like hey no shit mm -hmm. but i'm glad that you know we were able to spend a million dollars of hard-earned taxpayers money 
just to prove to uh, all the Karens in the world that no, you do not sacrifice your children. Fucking ridiculous. It hasn't been proven and yet. still don't believe it. No, <laughs> <laughs> they no, they don't. They don't. But hey, because they're part of the conspiracy. Of course, you know it's all the Illuminati, though. Come on, instill yeah. fear into the masses and <laughs> sit back and wait. What I thought was pretty interesting was the historical features that were attached to the satanic ritual abuse, like the blood libels or libels against the uh, the Jewish people. The blood libels or uh, the blood accusations is an anti-Semitic canard or fabrication. Sorry, I just wanted to say canard because of Alex uh, and his love for um, his Star Trek and being a Trekkie. It sounds like canard. it sounds like Picard, <laughs> um, which accuses uh, Jewish people of murdering Christians, Christian children to use their blood as part of ritual um, religious rituals. Historically speaking, these claims alongside with poisoning and um, host uh, desecration have been a major theme in the persecution of uh, the Jewish people in Europe. The crazy numbers that were flying around that led to uh, the persecution of Christians during the Roman Empire and the um, the witch trials of the of the 16th and 17th centuries, the history behind satanic ritual um, abuse, and, and just like the satanic panic in, in general, like, it seems to be a reoccurring thing. Pretty it's, fucking interesting. It's hard to it's hard to kind of associate anything good with SRA or satanic ritual abuse. But one good thing that I can say that came out of this was the overall focus on child abuse in general, taking the the satanic piece of everything and the ritual abuse and all the bullshit, memory implantation and recovery and all that. Through all of this, some good did come out in government agencies centered around child abuse and yes. protecting child welfare. So. I mean, thankfully, right. that it didn't just end when the panic ended. The people still realized that while it may not have been Satan, there's still some fucked up shit going on, and we got to look out for these kids a little better. Sure, right. What, what did they call it with the doctors? It came out in the late '80s. It was see it, report it. Um, it was it's a it was a physician. stranger danger. Well, stranger danger was that's a whole separate thing, and that is part of this too. But a, a law came out in, in the physicians' code or in hospitals and ERs where see it, see something, say something. And see something, say something was huge, and it was it was highly involved with this because so if a doctor viewed a patient and there was something blatantly wrong, like this child's been here four times this week with various broken bones and bruises with no story, and then another doctor comes in and that doctor did not report it, then obviously there's a fucking problem. So there, there was liability, like you had to report the shit if it came yeah, through. That makes um, sense, and that's still in place today. I yeah, mean, I'm sure it is. You know, these scummers bringing their kids to the ER with bruises and broken bones, saying they fell down the stairs. Right, or they didn't. Oh my god, that's like that fucking documentary on Netflix I watched. Um, was it Gabriel? It was about the little eight year old kid that was kept in the fucking cabinet by his parents. He was always abused. Like he was, he was literally he had to sleep in a fucking cabinet. You got to, dude, you got to check this shit out. That's not the place. movie with that kid from Stranger Things, is it? No, 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 no. This is, this is a documentary. Okay. Yeah, this is like true story shit. Like I'll just happened a out. few years ago. Yeah, it's it was it was fucking heart wrenching. It was horrible. The shit that they did they did to this child. So what else you got for us as far as satanic ritual abuse? I'm kind of going through my notes as well. Um. Well, I, I think it's I think it's about time to move on to the McMartin case. I mean, we've really covered the uh, the overall basis of what the satanic ritual abuse was. Now we'll focus more on the. You know, what really kicked off this this fucking moral, mental pandemic. <laughs> yeah. And again, I should have said this in the beginning, but uh, obviously 
what we're talking about today is not doing this topic of 1980s, you know, satanic panic any real justice. None at all. This None is at a all. high level we are counting on. You know, we're we're just this is a conversation getting getting to know the basic details. And this is like a Sesame Street episode of of something about the satanic panic. But please, you got to, I mean, do the research, look into some of the methods that were used in these memory recovery sessions and these psychotherapy babble bullshit things that went on, uh, the progression, the media's involvement. It's, it's, it was just a recipe for disaster. And then just poof out of nowhere, it went away. Yep. Well, it got pushed behind the scenes. It never really went away as we mentioned before, but I just wanted to preface that because we are going to miss a lot of stuff. Someone's going to hear something and say, what the fuck, Satanic Study Hall? This is important to me. Why didn't you talk to it? Positive it's important. <laughs> I'm positive it is, uh, but we are kind of crunched with time and got to fit a lot in a small little bottle here. And before we jump over to the McMartin trial, we are going to take a break and learn a little bit about Zeal and Ardor and Johnny's music review. Guess what? The fun is over. Now we're going to get to the downright evil stuff. Oh, no! We're going to take a look at some of these satanic songs. Hail Satan. Do the one gotta heat my warning. Devil is kind. Heat coming early morning. Devil is fine. Heat go by me. Oh, yes. Hail Satan, indeed. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Alright, so some people might be asking themselves, what the fuck is this? Yes, what the fuck is this? This is a little band out of. New York City, called Zeal and Ardor. Now, a little bit about them. They were formed in 2013. Uh, they were initially supposed to be a solo project by the creator and lead vocalist, uh, the lead and rhythm guitar player, and the synthesizer and programmer, Manuel, I think his last name is pronounced Gagno. Gagno. Yeah, that's G A G N E U X. Yeah, that's what Sounds I told you. Gagno, Gagno, maybe. Uh, they are labeled as a Swiss American avant garde metal band. Uh, like I said, it was started by him, uh, who uh, he originally had a band, a chamber pump, uh, chamber pop band called Bird Mask, which is a great name. Great name for a band. Uh, as far as the band goes, uh, they mix sounds of African-American spirits with black metal. And I'm all about the black metal. Uh, a little a little more about them. Uh, they did have a couple of award nominations. Uh, 2017 Heavy Metal Award. Uh, they were nominated for Best Breakthrough Artist. Uh, 2017 Lo- uh, Loudwire. Uh, they were nominated for Best New Artist. A Metal Hammer Golden God Award for Best New Band in 2017, and a 2018 Swiss Music Award for Best Live Act. Uh, they have two studio albums. They have Devil is Fine, which is what you're listening to now, and they have Stranger Fruit, which was released in 2018, and they do have a live album as well, Live in London, which was released in 2019. 
As I said before, they were initially a solo project, but after they inked a deal, uh, they decided to expand to a full lineup. And uh, some of the other members, uh, Dennis Wagner, he's a backing vocalist. He's been in the band since 2017. Uh, Mark Obrist, O-B-R-I-S-T, another backing vocalist since 2017. Uh, Mia Raffaella Diu, uh, the bass player since 2017. Uh, Marco Von Allman. Did you hear that guitar? Yeah. That was sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's the drummer. And uh, Tiziano Volante. He's the lead and rhythm guitar player, and they've all been in the band since 2017. All right, so let's move into this into this uh, mindfuck of an album. As I said, it's called Devil Is Fine. It was released on Bandcamp in April uh, 15th Bandcamp. of 2016. So much has come out of Bandcamp. Yes. Uh, it was the album was written and produced by uh, Manuel. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name anymore because it's all good, good old Manuel. Daniel. Yeah, uh, the album was recorded by him. Uh, he plays all the instruments himself and he uses pro- he uses programming drums. Uh, it was recorded on a laptop with a single microphone in the room. Uh, he was actually he actually wanted bad sound for this album, which I think is awesome. He only he was actually quoted as saying uh, about the record, "I only used bad equipment, but that was also an advantage, and the advantage is because of the low-fi recording method." Uh, he also stated. Uh, what if American slaves embraced Satan instead of Jesus? And that was his inspiration for recording this record. Uh, the the uh, record itself has nine songs. Uh, the first one was the first song that you heard. It's called Devil is Fine. As you heard, that's got the Delta Blues uh, style singing, the chains, the, uh, chains clanking. Uh, that's a that's a great song. Um, second track's called In Ashes. Yeah, and not to interrupt, but if I had a soul... That song hit me in the fucking soul. It's good. Like for, I didn't know what to list, what to think. That was my very first exposure to Zealand Art. That song was fine. Yeah, that's. I'll never forget pretty, the moment I heard it. It's intense. It is. It's, wow. Yep. The second song is called "In Ashes." Uh, that blends hollering with blast beats, and I'm all about the blast beats. Are you? Yeah, I am. Uh, thank you for chiming in. By the way, you're welcome. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, the, the third. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> the third song is an instrumental. Uh, it's called Sacrilegium One. Uh, it's electronic and drums. Uh, it's a bass influence track. I guess it serves as an interlude for uh, "Come On Down." Yeah, that's that song, I, which I, is my favorite. No, no, no. The the part one of that that you just mentioned, I, I got down to that to work, like on the way to work a couple of times. Like I don't know, it just it's almost motivating. Mm-hmm. Get you in the definitely gets you in the groove. Yep, come on down is a tremolo guitar playing song. It has a folk feel to it. I definitely think it has some gospel influences as well. Uh, fifth song is a uh, children's summon, a song about going home to hell and uh, the flames. Uh, the sixth song is uh, Sacrilegium Two, which uh, it has a music box in it uh, and a xylophone. Yeah, it was a weird one. Yeah, alongside uh, synthesizers. The seventh song is called Blood in the Water. That's another great song. Love that one. With awesome lyrics. Vocals uh, were good in it to uh, recreate the slave singing. Track number eight, uh, What is a Killer? Like, You Gonna Do Here? Uh, that's a slap bass song. Uh, that's a that's more of a jazzy number to me. Yeah, it didn't even sound like the 
the band at all no. like, from a style standpoint. And the ninth song is the third instrumental, which is called Sacrilegium 3. So what's left to say about Zeal and Ardor? The album is strange, but it's also great. Uh, combined soul singing with field recordings. It has great melodies uh, with the guitars and the bass. It has blast beats, and it, I think it shows a Satanist suffering from schizophrenia. Uh, it's metal, it's African spirituals, and it's electronics all mixed up in this bowl of satanic mastery. So hell, zeal and order. You should fucking write these reviews professionally. Wow, dude. Well done. Thank Lies. Yeah, that that was that was beautifully said because this this was a weird one for me. I was hit hard with devil devil is fine, and then my, the next one I went to was come on down, and I kind of stopped. Right. I was like, all right, zeal and order, cool. Went over to a friend's house. They put it on vinyl. Listened to it from start to finish. No shit. They have it on vinyl too. Yeah. Whole different oh, yeah, experience. I was, I was looking, like I said, I was looking, looking at the t-shirts today on their website, and I, I saw they had the Devil's Fine art in the vinyl. Yep. Oh, that fucking neon green vinyl that it comes mm-hmm. on. Oh, and talk yeah. about like the lo-fi recording mechanism or mm-hmm. method and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. With, the, with the tiny little pops of the vinyl. We said this about Twin Temple too. And I'm going to use that when we're comparing it to Twin Temple is this is very mood specific. Like, I have to be in a certain mindset to throw on Zeal and Ardor. Definitely. And I can't honestly pinpoint exactly what that mindset is. I think it's almost impulsive. Like, I can't really encompass it with words. Like, I'll, every once in a while, like, I'll, I'll throw it on my phone at work, throw my phone in my pocket, and just get down. And I can't, I can't exactly pinpoint what mood I was in. Right. Do I you? just wanted to hear them. But definitely, it's not something that I'd relatively, I don't think I'd be able to appreciate it if it were just in a rotation on a playlist. Sure. Like, I go to it when I need it. You know what I mean? If that yeah. makes sense. This is a hard one. This It's a hard one to, to put down as far as when you go to it. It's just as long as it's there. Thank you, Spotify. Yes. Because it's definitely. always fucking there. Yes. Anybody else on Zeal and Ardor? What about Richie? Did you ever listen to him? I, it's an interesting <laughs> concept of what they're doing. I like experimental shit. Yeah, so. no. It's, I it's forgot something to, I would look into. It's interesting. It's, it's fun to listen to. Um... I found myself listening to it every day for the past every day for the past three weeks. I, I can't get enough of them. I just wanted I didn't mention it. I forgot to mention it when I was doing the review. But um, when he was recording this album, when uh, Manuel uh, Gagno was recording this album, he actually he was he was asked to combine American Slaves with the chanting and and the chains and everything with black metal when he recorded it. It was on 4chan, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't really he was asked to. Is I think he asked 4chan oh, asked like, what do what you know? You guys come up with with two ideas and th- we're gonna throw them together and whatever's voted the highest will will become the next fucking album. I think a few different artists did that. It was like popular at one point. Like a lot of people were taking that route, like you know, choose your own adventure type thing, putting it to the listeners and well, shit like that. I've never heard any of the other ones, but he hit that out of the park. Yeah, a fucking world champion. Yeah, <laughs> no, no doubt. Yeah. All right, Johnny. Thank you as always. That yes. music review was hit. very well done. And I really do think you should maybe uh, type some of these reviews up and put them out there because you got a, you got a hell of a way with words when it comes to music and shit. Hail the and order. And hail Satan. And hail Satan as well. You know what you are? You're the Antichrist. What? Yeah, that's what you are. You are the motherfucking Antichrist. Moving on. All right.
Um, so yeah, let's, let's move into the McMartin case. What is the McMartin case? Simply put, a trial of a daycare that was charged with multiple counts of sexual abuse of children. Really, what was it? It was the summer of 1983. Judy uh, Johnson noticed irritation and a painful and and painful bowel movements. Irritation on her two-year-old son's bottom, and and he had painful bowel movements. I should I should have said cleared that up for you guys. She accused uh, Ray Bucky. He was an employee of the McMartin Preschool of sexually abusing her son. Now, these claims, or I, I should say she accused Ray Bucky and her um, her estranged husband, but I didn't really uh, dive deep on the husband side of all of this. I don't know if any of you guys did. If you want to chime in, please. Who is Ray Bucky, the, the estranged husband of? No, no, no. Ray Bucky is not the estranged husband. It was She was accusing Ray Bucky and her estranged oh, and her husband. Estranged. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, anyway, these claims would, would eventually escalate to, like, the daycare workers are having sex with animals that Ray himself could fucking fly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, uh, and Peggy Buckley was drilling a child under the arms, quote, unquote. I'm not sure if it was – I think she meant, like, with an actual, like, like a fucking hand drill, like – I'm trying to think of a company, Craftsman fucking right, drill, like, a, like, drill, yeah, right, like a fucking right. power drill. Like air, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, Ray was questioned, uh, but he was let go because of lack of evidence. And she just kept going on with these fucking accusations, and they just kept growing and growing and weirder and weirder. The form alone that I read that they sent out to the families. I was actually going to read that form. Yeah, go for it, man. I'm just, I did not even know you were there. I just, oh, it popped I'm, into my head, and that I'm was there. fucked up. Yes, like, it was. Oh, uh, yeah, give me a second. Um, like I said, you know, Ray was questioned and let go. So the police sent out this like this form that he's talking about. Um, and it was it was this letter. They sent it out to two hundred parents. I think was was yeah. what I read. And it, here, here it reads: uh, September eighth, nineteen eighty three. Dear parent, the department is conducting a criminal investigation involving child molestation. Two eighty eight PC. Ray Bucky, an employee of Virginia McMartin's preschool, was arrested September. 7th 1983 by this department the following procedure is obviously an unpleasant one but to protect the rights of your children as well as the rights of the accused this inquir- inquiry is necessary for a co- for a complete investigation records indicate that your child has been or is currently a student at the preschool we are asking your assistance in the continuing investigation Please question your child to see if he or she has been witness to any crime or if he or she has been a victim. Our investigation indicates that possible criminal acts include oral sex, fondling of genitals, buttocks or chest area, and sodomy, possibly committed under the pretense of taking the child's temperature, quote-unquote. Also, photos may have been taken of children uh, without their clothes. Any information from your child regarding having ever observed Ray Bucky to leave a classroom alone with a child during any nap period or if they have ever observed Ray Bucky tie up a child is important. Please complete the enclosed information form and return it to this department in in the enclosed stamped return envelope as soon as possible. We will contact you if circumstances dictate same. We ask you to please be uh, please keep this inf- inf- uh, investigation strictly confidential because of the nature of the charges and the highly emotional effect it could have on our community. Please do not discuss this information with anyone outside your immediate family. Do not contact or discuss the investigation with Raymond Bucky, any member of the accused defendant's family, or the employees connected with the McMartin preschool. What the fuck? Imagine getting <sighs> yeah. that letter. 
Imagine being a parent. Now, I'm trying to put myself in that, you know, mental climate that they were in given the times, but imagine getting that letter. Imagine how many dads of the families charging down the street, no shoes, just in their boxers and, and fucking and, and yeah. a baseball bat, and like ready to go. and their fucking their, their their Hugh Hefner fucking robe on, like just marching down the street. Like. And before facts and data are gathered or anything, it's all of a sudden they take all of these this, these families' emotions and these disheveled parents and point them toward the direction of Satanism and satanic yeah. ritual abuse and sex cults and yeah, they, they child all exploitation. This shit in their heads. Yeah, when I probably wouldn't have this reaction. That I'm having now thinking about it. Every time I think about it, I get pissed. But if I wasn't a parent, I don't think it would bother me nearly as much. And that's probably yeah. fucked up to, to say, but I just don't have that. I'm not in that frame of mind. I mean, no wonder they had no choice. Like they wanted an answer. And the right. answer that they were being given is, you know, satanic sex cults who were eating babies and <laughs> flying through tunnels and witches flying on broomsticks. Don't forget about Chuck oh, Norris. Oh, yeah, that's right. We, we haven't even gotten there yet. Official, so it came from the yeah, police. exactly. So like, why not the police it? are flattering it. It's just you not know. somebody on the news. They think, like, okay, it's real. Like, get them. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? They're placing all their anger and frustration into yeah. what they are being convinced is the problem. And these poor families, like, recovering from that shit. I mean, take jail sentences out of the equation. Just the mental the mental abuse that happens when you're being told that, you know, something's happening to your kid. Right. And you right. spend all this time chasing it, realizing it was all bullshit, and you're back to square one. I mean, the kids, too. I mean, you got to think about how they're being drilled, too, over and over and over and over and over all again. All they want to go you know, outside and play some fucking yeah. just baseball. Them, man, just all these sessions. And when all that testimony was reviewed, the, 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 reviewed, the leading questions, the, all the bullshit, the memory, like, the, and the positive ask for affirmation when they... The kids said what they wanted to hear, and then, you know, the negative, yep. like, disappointment conveyed when they weren't going the direction that yeah. they wanted the conversation right. to go. Exactly. It just goes on and on and on. Right. So several hundred of these, several hundred of these children were, uh, were, were interviewed by the Children's Institute uh, International, which is an abuse uh, therapy clinic by, uh, run by Key McFarlane. They were um, interviewing these children, and they had this, this girl, Astrid uh, Happenstall Hager, Heger. She performed medical exams and took pictures of the kids where she, of what she believed was minute scarring caused by anal penetration. You know, she, she, she later uh, – she was, she was just using this as, as the um, final go-to for all of her fucking notes. Like, yep. Later research showed that uh, the methods questioning used were extremely suggestive and find um, – and, and kind of led to false accusations, which as we all know now – by spring of 1984, 360 children claimed to be abused in this fucking case. Could you imagine that? 360 children all claiming to be abused, and like you're sitting in jail just sweating bullets, like, holy shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> what, what, how did this happen? Like, right? like was there a lapse in time? Did, did, but then, like, and I know there's an example, I believe, um, of someone in the 90s uh, that. His daughter accused him of all this shit, and he believed it. And he said, well, if my daughter says it's true, it must be, and admitted to everything that she said wow, that he did. Wow, really? Yeah. And it all obviously turned out to be bullshit, but that's the type of mentalities that, that, that was going on. Like, people were were being told something for so long, and they, they were just saying it to, to, you know what I mean, just to get on to the next thing. Right. So like I said, these kids are uh, you know these kids are getting drilled with fucking interviews by these people. You know the you know they got this suggestive 
shit going on. You know, they're they're suggesting shit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some of the the claims that these kids said. I'm telling you, these people suggested shit in these kids' head, and this is what the kids came out with. So. What the fuck were they suggesting for the kids to come up with this? I, in my opinion, after doing the research, I, I just think that all these investigators had to do was take, first they had to find the fear. They had to dig for something, something that, that kid could speak to. Yeah. And then lead them from there. Right. What were they afraid of? Oh, uh, so well, they somebody- were... They went to church every Sunday. They're they're afraid of God. They're afraid of Satan. Right. Uh, they're afraid of the boogeyman. Uh, where's the place your uncle took you? Oh, uh, well, you know, he took me on a hot air balloon ride once. Yeah. So and then, so then, then they start manipulating and warping these facts, and then giving these positive affirmations when they're like, "All right, so let's talk about that again. It happened this way, right?" Well, no, oh, Kiera, I'm real disappointed in you. <laughs> now it happened this way, right? <laughs> You well, know yeah, ice cream for you tonight. It, it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way it happened. All right. Well, that's a good girl. Let me let me let me, let me go get you that ice cream cone. All right. And 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 that just type of bullshit. Just you know, all sorts of variations happened. And I mean, to be honest with you, Dennis, I don't think half the people or half the kids said any of this shit. Oh no, fucking. And way. they were under hypnosis, and these fucking psychi- psychiatric specialists, if that's what you want to call them, no were pressed way. for time and under pressure and had to produce results. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, like you know, like you know, like like you were saying about you even mentioned the hot air balloon. Like like some of these claims were other than sexual abuse, like traveling in a hot air balloon, seeing witches fly, um, being taken through tunnels. Which is funny when uh, me and Richie get in a little deeper into our Dungeons and Dragons talk. It's it's going to involve tunnels again. It's, I, I nice. thought that was, I thought that was kind of I thought that was kind of interesting when I was doing all my research. It's a nice way to tie um, it in. I yeah. saw a witch fly once. Did you? Yeah, my fucking ex in, a, in an airplane. Oh. <laughs> she flying well away. Well, now. <laughs> was she, fly, she was flying away or flying to you? Away. Good. That's the best way to see him. Yep. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> Perfect. That's a nice way to slide that right in. Uh, you, That's you, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> There's the office quote. <laughs> There's Christ. always one an episode. Sorry. Sorry, Dennis. No, you're all right. So yeah, even with all these claims that th- these kids are throwing around, they're even um, showing a series of pictures by Danny Davis, the uh, the McMartin lawyer. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, just just you know, a, a bunch of suspects. You know, just just a, a group of fucking photos of ma- male, right, or or female, I guess in this in this case, since there was both one ch- one child even identified fucking Chuck Norris as one of the abusers. Could you imagine getting abused by fucking Chuck Norris? Fucking I Walker. Don't, I don't want to. The Texas Walker, Ranger. Texas Ranger. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, ridiculous, yeah, absolutely it, fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it really was. And 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 to kind of go back on what you were um, you were saying, uh, Bill, talking about like, oh, you know, probably not even most of these kids were abused or were claimed to yeah. claim to be abused. Right. Originally, only forty one of the three hundred and sixty kids actually claimed or actually testified in the uh, the grand jury and and the uh, the prelim hearings. It's like, you know, so all, all these kids actually, like, quote-unquote, claimed, like, only 41 actually showed up and, and went through with it. And I'm glad we brought that point up again because I think it's worth mentioning one more time is my comments or any of our comments around, you know, the claims or anything that might have happened during this period of time does not negate the fact that there was abuse. Yeah. There oh, was, yes. just like you said, however many documented cases and cases we don't even know about, there was a lot of this, you know, there was a lot of sexual abuse that was finally coming into light because of this satanic panic. Yes. I do. I, and I'm not denying any of that. Uh, so I just want to make sure that's clear. Cause I got into a little heated argument with somebody in the last week and they brought that up and who, 
um, just a friend, just a friend talking about stuff who is just who likes to press my buttons when it comes to, you know, talking about Satanism, the temple, and specifics. And nobody's allowed to press your buttons but me. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless, um, so I just thought it would be worth noting that, you know, n- myself and none of us are denouncing the fact that we think that there was no abuse and this was all just made up bullshit. It's just the witch hunt associated with it and the direct association with Satanism that ruined countless lives is what I'm very unhappy with. Sorry, Dennis. No, you're fine. You're fine. You know, uh, they were talking about these, these, these tunnels, the actual, the school was actually, uh, excavated during, um, or turning up, you know, trying to turn up evidence of, um, of, of these, these tunnel, uh, these tunnels and, and secret chambers that they're talking about under the school. They didn't find the secret tunnels in Mexico. Mexico. Isn't that where they were supposed to be taking them to Mexico? From California to Mexico, I don't remember. No, no. Well, yeah, they were. They, yeah, I think they were taking them to Mexico, weren't they? Yeah, yeah a lot they of those were. children's stories were around like a Mex or Latin American people, right? Right. T- like you know their their culture, uh, fiesta music being described. The, well, unfortunately, like, the LAPD or whoever was doing this investigation wasn't that even intelligent to listen to the children because they just went under the school and started excavating the fucking school oh great yeah no no they, they didn't find any tunnels they just found old parts of old buildings which you know is it's expected you know buildings being taught being built on top of other buildings you know skeletons yeah exactly yeah it's nothing nothing was there no nothing was there no, no secret tunnels or no secret chambers they nothing. didn't happen to find lawrence pazder's common sense no nope uh, they, I, don't they think that, that one. I don't think that ever was found nope some of the interviews they talked about uh, a naked movie star. Did you guys hear this? The naked movie star game. Yes, you did. Okay, yeah, I thought that was a little fucking weird. I was like, naked movie star game. I was like, I'm trying to think back back to my you know time in school. I'm like, did I ever play the naked movie star game? That suggested uh, that they were forcibly photographed nude. But during the trial, some of the children stated that it was actually just a rhyme to tease other children. Um, what you say is what you are. You're a naked movie star. It had nothing to do with uh, actually taking pictures. You got to remember. You, know, you remember Johnson um, accusing Ray of flying. The the uh, the prosecution claimed jo- uh, Johnson's mental illness was caused by the events of the trial, but she had she had admitted to be mentally ill. You know before all this shit went down. So. Evidence of her uh, mental illness was withheld from the defense for three years. And when it was provided, it was like in this this form of like sanitized reports. Like they they took all the juicy shit out of it and just gave them the bare minimums to kind of help their side of the fucking case. Right. You know, they, they excluded Johnson's statements. You know, at the it was all at the order of the prosecution. Yeah, I mean, it, it got to the point like Glenn Stevens, one of the original prosecutors – he left the case in protest and stated that the other prosecutor, uh, prosecutors withheld evidence from the defense, including info that Johnson's son never pointed out Ray in the fucking um, the series of picks. But let's actually get into the trials. March 22nd of 1984, Virginia McMartin, Peggy McMartin, Bucky, Ray Bucky, Ray's sister, Peggy and Bucky, and three teachers, Betty Rader, Babette, Babette Spittler. How's that, dude? How's that for a fucking name? Babette Spittler and Marianne Jackson were all charged with 115 counts of child abuse, which later multiplied to 321 counts of child abuse involving 48 children. 
They went through uh, 20 months of preliminary hearings, which the prosecution presented the theory of sexual abuse, but the children's testimonies were uh, were inconsistent. Guess who made an appearance during these uh, these hearings? Mr. Pazder. Yes, and Michelle Smith herself. Of course they did. Of course. They I got mean, a paycheck. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the book's the fucking, the main source of information for this case. Treating it like it's a Bible. sell it somehow. Yeah, right? So yeah, they you know they made this appearance, um, and they met with the parents and children that were involved. They were actually believed by the initial prosecutor, um, Glenn Stevens, to have uh, influenced the children's testimonies. The giant Johnson was diagnosed with a Paris paranoid schizophrenia, and in eighteen sixty. 1864. Jesus Christ. In 1986. <laughs> We're in the Civil War. Right? In 1986, um, she was actually found dead in her home from complications of chronic alcoholism before the end of the preliminary hearings. So she didn't even, like, she, she, she's calling fucking witch. She's, she's you know, calling wolf. Yep. And uh, doesn't even get to reap the benefits. Mm-hmm. In 18, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck on this 1800 shit. Dude, I know. I, I think it was because I was watching some movies and one of them was stuck back in that time period. My bad. Maybe something yeah. did happen in 18. What year? What date? 1864. 1864. I'll have to look that up. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe something happened that's the date just begging for us to look into it. Yeah, right. Maybe it deals with uh, satanic ritual. Maybe it deals with Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> he is eternal. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, in uh, 1986, the district attorney Ira Rayner, she called the evidence very weak and dropped all charges against Virginia McMartin, Peggy Ann Bucky, Mar- uh, Marianne Jackson, Babette Spittler, and Betty Rader. But Peggy uh, McMartin Buckley and um, Ray Bucky remained in custody. Peggy's bail was set at $1 million, and then Ray was um, was denied bail. It sucks even more. They just make sure that they, they keep his ass in there. Mm-hmm. Never let him go. Never nope. let him go. But on, uh, He's a trophy. Yeah, right. On July uh, 13th, 1987. Fun fact, that's 12 days after my birthday. Mm. July 2nd, 1987. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> that kicked off the first trial. Uh, where the prosecution presented seven medical examiners. Um, when, the, uh, when the defense returned fire with, like, several witnesses, the judge only allowed them one witness just to save time in the court trial. Of course. Right? So, like... That ended up with the conclusion of the, the prosecution just using these fucking seven experts to their one, saying that they only had one expert that, that could go on these claims and this and that. In October of 87, uh, a jailhouse informant named George Freeman was uh, called as a witness and testified that Ray had confessed to him while being Sellies. If you don't know what Sellies are, it's, it's the two guys that share the same oh, jail yeah. cell. Oh, I'm just know. making sure. No, it's, it's all good. Hey, yeah. Now, it's funny, uh, Frieder, uh, Freeman later attempted to flee the country, and when he was caught, he confessed, he confessed to perjury in a series of criminal cases, er, which he had created, like, testimonies in exchange for favorable treatment by the prosecution in other cases, and many times, he, you know, like, many times fabricating jailhouse uh, confessions from other inmates. And in order to guarantee his testimony for the McMartin case... Uh-huh. They had to give him immunity of all the previous charges of perjury. They just let this guy off, the, you know, off all this shit. Of course they did. Just to use him as a witness. When wow. they, he straight up, they, they know that he's lying, making these confessions up. Is I'm, spe- I'm, like, I'm fucking speechless. This, is, this is the American it's judicial ridiculous. system for you. Yeah. This is the American, and they, nothing's changed. 
It's just still happening. It's still just happening in a much more sophisticated, um, manufactured, check, checked and balanced right, way. Right, right, right. January 8th of 1990, Peggy McMartin Bucky was was finally acquitted um, on all charges after three years of testimony and uh, deliberation from the jury. Ray was finally cleared on 52 of the 65 counts and freed on bail after more than five years in jail. Wow. Right? And the then the accusation and, and, and they yeah. won't even and they won't even let him walk away with nothing. Right. It's still 13 yeah, counts. Right. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Now, this so, is this is when things started to change with the satanic panic. Am I right? Like, this, the, well, this is the end of this is the end of end of the 80s, um, the end of the major scare of the satanic. So, the, yeah, very, these acquittals, very, like, yeah, these acquittals like, um, condensed concentrated yep, scare yeah. of, the, of, of the satanic Because I remember, panic. just from the research, from a time timeline standpoint, now these acquittals really did start to spark people going, now what the fuck? Exactly. You know, the longest, most expensive trial in American history at the time. No fucking convictions, no concrete evidence. Unfortunately, he, with with the um the big like the the big nineties T evangelicalists, um like they they weren't letting this shit die. So oh, it, no. it wasn't wasn't everybody was getting on board with this, but it was it was a good majority of people were finally saying, "All right, it's not too bad." No, and I don't want to. I hope I'm not stealing any of your thunder, but um, I definitely wanted to chime in on this because one thing I noticed in my research uh, in various various different outlets. Now, this whole time throughout the this trial, obviously the McMartins, the demons, the Satanists, what the fuck, you're you know, die, 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 kill them, hang them. They were the devil. Um, so, but when the acquittals came, I think the, you know, the train of people's train of thought started to shift. Now this became an HBO documentary in 1995, HBO produced indictment, the McMartin trial. Yes. Now what happens when you see these McMartin trials and stuff or, or trials on television and these documentaries, it's, they're going to do the, the worst shit. They're going to do the worst shit. They're, gonna they're gonna not going to, they're not going to focus oh, on, you know, the, what really happened? They're just going to focus on, you know, the Satanism and no HBO decided. No, oh, they wow. actually painted Bucky and in the positive light and really and pointed, you know, and pointed out the fucking broken system and the bullshit Good. that was incorporated into that. Not to check that out. Now, HBO has done that also, just like I mentioned before, through things like Paradise Lost. Yep. They were the mm -hmm. ones that really made that happen and put all the time and effort into putting, you know, the West Memphis three story out there and, and pushing for acquittals and there might even been some no, financial. There so, I mean, and, and not only that, but there were so many people that were that were really helping out in that cause. I mean, mm -hmm. look at all the all the celebrities that oh, were yeah. helping out. I really think Johnny Home Box Depp, Office, HBO. They once I think like when they when they saw what they did with this HBO special with indictment, you know, putting that in that spin. I think it made a difference. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say, you know, be, and just going back to the, the celebrities. Yes, like I said, Marilyn Manson, Johnny Depp. But we have to say, fuck Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm, but absolutely. he is friends with Eddie Vedder. Oh, okay. So he, Eddie Vedder was one of the men on his side trying to trying to get him out of jail. And Fantastic. All Black Flag did a compilation album with a bunch of people like Ice-T and Clutch and everything doing their songs. Or West Memphis. Really? West Memphis Street, yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely touch on that. when I come back. Now, nine out of the 11 jurors believed that the children had been molested. They just didn't know by who. Nine least, times out of 10, the, the abuse that's occurring is happening it's, is happening at home yes, exactly. from a family member or an extended family member who's part of some child care program. Which, hey, which, hey, Judy Johnson might have been half right. She, yes, she pointed Bucky you know, out, 
But she also was talking about her her estranged husband. Oh no! Oh, oh, here we go, Principal Pan. This motherfucker. Attention, staff and students. This is your principal with your daily update. The Satanic Study Hall podcast is not affiliated with any other podcast or organization. None. Zero. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast are ours and ours alone. Bill Rohr, your mom dropped off your hemorrhoid cream and donut pillow. Please pick it up in the nurse's office after study hall. The PTA-sponsored lunch today, stinky tofu and lime vegan meatloaf, celery, hummus, and kombucha for everyone. What the fuck is kombucha? Please stop parking in the staff parking lot. I'm not going to say it again. And that's all for today's announcements. Hail Satan. Okay. There's a new fucking principal. Yeah, we, at least we finally got his name. We finally figured it out from one of the students. It's Pan. I like Principal him. Pan. Maybe Why do you have to call me out like that? My hemorrhoid cream, my donut pillow. That's nobody's fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you? Use your imagination. I got to start coming with some ideas. I, I saw you reading the Anarchist Cookbook the other day. Yes, I was. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. So, so yeah, you know. So, a 9 out of 11. Saw through all the bullshit. And not only that, but, like, the recordings of the interviews played by, you know, played a vital fucking part in the jury's decision not to, not to, um, not to convict by demonstrating how children could be coerced into giving, like, vivid and dramatic testimonies. Like, think about the stories. Like, I mean, you know, I got an eight-year-old kid. My son says some crazy shit. And that's the thing. They, 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 they took advantage of the, these thoughts that are already flowing around these young minds. Yoda touched me as a child. <laughs> I don't think Yoda likes seagulls very much. <laughs> wow holy shit touch your penis i will <laughs> oh my god yeah, there was a reference to the song i played for you that you fucking were so mad at me about uh-huh the patreon night i played two of them and i felt bad for you but i, I had to go through them both talking about seagulls stop it now <laughs> my bad lip reading y'all gotta y'all gotta listen to that it's it's pretty interesting mm, that's good like that. Like that. I think these are things that these, you know, nut doctors that were testifying in all these cases just latched onto immediately. Oh, flying through the air. Oh, that sounds that that sounds now tell me more about that. Were they witches? Were yeah, were they witches? Mm-hmm. Did they take you somewhere dark? Yep. Did you hear anybody screaming? See this three musketeers bar? I bet you if you were sure that you could have half of this. Right, just like right. we said exactly. before, it drives me nuts. And they just repeat the question over and over mm-hmm. again. And the kid the gets fuck? fucking bored and they start to believe the things like, oh, yeah, that did happen. With all this happening and you know everyone being acquitted of all the bullshit, later on that year, Ray was actually retried on six of the 13 counts that he, was acqui- that he wasn't acquitted for. And it started on uh, March 7th, 1999. 1990 <laughs> if if we forgot what year is going on apparently i forgot what year is going on um you want to party like yeah. it's 1999 God damn i do and it ended up with another hung jury on uh july 27th 1990 the prosecution finally gave up and ray was finally dismissed of all of his fucking charges after all this with this case went down like yes it was it was the end of you know the, 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 this this major condensed satanic panic craze you know the fbi spent one million just just investigating possible cases mm-hmm. not even the actual cases that went to trial this is just a million on possible fucking yep. cases now this case went to trial it lasted seven years this case 
cost more than $15 million, and it was the longest and most expensive criminal case in the history of the United States legal system. It resulted with no fucking convictions. All that for nothing. 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 And and again, I I feel horrible for everyone whose lives were ruined in the course of that entire trial. But as as this case concluded, I think right around this time is when people started to be like, wait a second. Maybe they're full of shit. Maybe there's something more to it than Satan and sacrifice. Right. Obviously, it didn't go away. It's still happening today. But just like you said a second ago, Dennis, the larger scale piece of things, I think people took their first initial step back when, you know, the acquittals happened and no hard yeah. evidence was found. Oh, definitely. Everyone, definitely. Everyone was literally expecting all this evidence and these baby skeletons and all these people that look like Anton LaVey to come out of the woodwork and right. be tried and convicted with hard yeah, evidence anyway, it looks of like sacrifice and, and covered in tattoos and piercing. <laughs> exactly. And that, that was the typical moniker there. Yep. And tens of thousands of kids in middle school, teenage years were, you know what I mean, suffered at the hands of this, this ridiculous fucking panic. And they still are. Right. No, they definitely are. I'm definitely, I'm definitely appreciative um, of the fact that justice was served to an extent in this case, and, yes, and people did start to pay a little bit more attention to, you know, what's really going on here. Right. I was really doing my research and just like, when the fuck are the real questions going to be asked? Like, yeah. what, when are people really going to pay attention? You know, the uh, the McMartin School was pulled down, dismantled. Actually, several several of the accused have died since. All of this went on. In uh, 2005, one of the children, I wanted to read this, one of the children um, reacted to the allegations of abuse. And they said, uh, never did anyone, never did anyone do anything to me. And I never saw them do anything. I said a lot of things that didn't happen. I lied. Anytime I would give them an answer that they didn't like, they would ask again and encourage me to give them the answer that they were looking for. I felt uncomfortable and a little ashamed that I was being dishonest. But at the same time, being the type of person I was, whatever my parents wanted me to do, I would do. And that just shows, like, the loyalty a child has to its All a child wants to do is please, whether it's their teacher, their caregiver, their parents, their grandparents. When they're in a good mood and they're being taken care of and they're fed and they feel safe, they just want to please. Now, do you have... Anything on Virginia McMartin in front of you? Didn't she die shortly before the end of the trials? Let me or was it see just here. shortly after? In the meantime, let's um let's introduce our our guest uh, Richie over here. Hello, what's up, Richie? I think you've already introduced him. Now it's just we time have. for him to talk. I guess. I guess I should. I, I should say we're introducing him because it is now his segment. We brought we brought Richie in here because uh, Richie has a unique perspective. One, two. I didn't know Richie very well, and the first time I met Richie, I was intrigued. Been in the scene for a long time. Seemed like he had some good stories to tell. We did meet Richie through Satanic Delco. Take advantage of the you know the people that you meet and the networking that you do. So welcome, Richie. We're glad to Thank have you. you. Yes, welcome. Hello, Richie. Before we start in this little segment, it was December 19th of um, 1995. She died. Okay. Yes. I, for some reason, I thought it was, I thought it was like 89. Was she, did she die like in pain, old age, or did she at least get to enjoy maybe one or two years before her life went to shit after um, it had already gone to shit? She was 88 years old, so she okay. did lead a long life, unfortunately. You know, she only had a few years to. 
processing. The, yeah, well, the the, yeah. the 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 you know the, the the kind of end of her life was unfortunate with with all these trials. In the case of her death, she had recently suffered suffered a series of strokes and uh, died soon after leaving a little company of um, Mary Hospital in uh, Los Angeles. Oh, and excuse me, it's not in Los Angeles. I let's let's be a little more accurate. It's Los Angeles suburb of Torrance. I thought you were gonna say Compton. Compton, yeah. <laughs> City of Compton. No, yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, Virginia McMartin. So back to Richie. Richie, what's up? What's up, man? Not much, not much. Um I'm grabbing the hall pass. I'm gonna go use the bathroom. Oh, fine. So we have brought you in here to talk a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons and its connection to the Satanic Panic. I remember what? well. You do you. Okay, great. That's what I like to hear. Let's give them just a little um brief introduction into why Dungeons and Dragons is connected to the Satanic Panic and what kind of came from that. What time did Dungeons and Dragons come out? I want to say late 70s. Late 70s, mid Early 70s, 80s, right? late 70s. Yeah, I was about to say, I think 78, it was... 78, around was, there, maybe? Yeah, I think it was around there. Around what age did you start playing Dungeons & Dragons? I want to say 10 or 11. My cousin played it, and he introduced me to it. Played it a little bit, and then didn't start playing again until I was about 12 or 13. Okay. With some neighborhood kids. Right. Okay. Roughly, what year would this be around? Was it was this... Mid to late 80s, 85, 86. Okay, so you were, like, right in the heat of it. Yeah. Okay. In the 80s and 90s, psychologists, law enforcement officials, nationally syndicated talk show hosts, and uh, at least one sitting U.S. senator believe Satanists were, were corrupting our nation's youth through the, through the predatory childhood centers, encrypted rock music, and even tabletop gaming like Dungeons & Dragons. They were saying that they were literally used to serve as gateways to hell, like these tabletop oh, games, yeah, like Dungeons & Dragons. Like, I remember people saying how a lot of the language used in the books for incantations to summon demons mm-hmm. you know a lot of it's just it's part of a game you're playing a character and you're reading the storyline and a lot of times they would just say that it was some satanic incantation of yeah it was satanism witchcraft suicide pornography and murder yeah. like um yeah, there are certain religious groups accuse the game of encouraging sorcery, summoning demons, like you said. Um, they even put out chick, chick tracks, if, if, if you oh, guys yeah. know what chick tracks are. I was just are. joking with my friend about that. We were looking them up. They're actually online. You really? Yeah. yeah, they have a whole – I'm back. Um, they have a whole catalog of, I think, almost every chick track. Yeah, every chick track's online. You can look at them and download them, or you can order them from them. That's awesome. Now, if anybody out there doesn't know what a chick track is, um, Jack Chick – uh, created these little pamphlets that were awesome. Yeah, they they really are They're cool. They, they really are. They are little stories in in kind of a um a comic book strip style. Uh, they usually have a few pages in them. They're 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 quite interesting. The stories that that they have to tell you. Just about anything you do is a fucking sin in these things, and you're all burning in hell. <laughs> um, so yeah, they created one for Dungeons and Dragons. I think I saw a picture or two from from one of them. I'm not 100 percent sure because I was I was I was deep on the fucking internet. Um, and I think in the the comic book they call it like wizards and spells or something, something wizards like and dragons that. or yeah. some different name, right? Because of obviously copyright, they're probably oh yeah, and he called it. Um, I got it right here. It was Dark Dungeons. Dark That's Dungeons. it. Yes, yeah. Dark Dungeons. 
so as you know, as like connected to the 1979 case, um, I don't know if you heard this. Uh, it's about the the, uh, the disappearance of a 16 year old James Dallas Egbert the third. Yeah, I, I have heard about that. Yeah, didn't he, they make a movie about it, like a TV movie of the week or something? Did they? I didn't know. I don't know. I have to I have to look into that. Well, that's what that's what spawned mazes and monsters. Okay, with that's Tom with, with Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah, that was yes. the initial thing because that movie was fucked. I didn't see it before I started doing my research. I only watched half of it. The second half, probably a mistake. Missed the entire first half, but I did my research. <laughs> you know, Tom Damn, Hanks. I wish I knew. I would have. Tom came Hanks to is lucky to have launched uh, a, a fucking movie career after all that garbage. Really? Yeah, it was oh, funny. He, he did a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was definitely entertaining, but um. Yeah, there's the. I got more on that once once we get to it. Right now, the disappearance of 16 year old James Dallas Egbert the third is um, not really much of a story. It's you know, it's, it's this this man Egbert. He he attempted suicide in a utilities tunnel beneath Michigan State University, and it, it's you know, it was unsuccessful. And and he hid at his friend's house for a month. That was really like it. It was just loving parents that that wanted to know where their child was that that really made this thing blow up into what it 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 became he went to go hide his friend's house for a month sorry right, his, his parents don't see him home for two days so calling the cops like yo my my son's missing this and that you know search begins for him they learned that he plays D. so they also heard these rumors that these students went into these steam tunnels that were like underneath i guess from what i'm picking up it was it was the same steam tunnels i'm guessing it from from michigan state university they could i, I could be wrong they could just have tunnels throughout a, a certain section of wherever they are in, yeah. in town i am not 100 on that they they started uh, they heard these these rumors that these 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 students went into these steam tunnels to play live action versions of D. so they were they, they were going out on a larp like okay yep. that's pretty fucking cool i'd like to larp in some tunnels if we're doing some LARP, I mean, I, I would hope it was like some like Resident Evil zombie LARPing. But. And it's funny that you said that because before LARP was a word, they actually referred to people doing live action D&D as steam tunnel incidents. Really? Yeah. That's that, pretty that, fucking that, cool. That, that's, I've that's, never heard that one. That's how, that's, how they, um, that's how they referred to it. So you see, it all ties in. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we were talking about, um, was it Michelle remembers earlier? So they were talking about the tunnels in there and... For some reason, these tunnels keep popping up throughout the uh, throughout the time of of all these um, satanic ritual abuse cases. Yeah, and become because of that case, and now kind of segueing back into that Tom Hanks movie that I brought up. The book Mazes and Monsters was published by or written by Rona J for Jaff in 1981. Uh, the article says it's a thinly disguised fictionalization of the press exaggerations of the Egbert case. Now, the book was adapted into a made-for-television movie. Like you were talking about, yeah. Richie, in 82. There was also another movie in, 80, in 1983. It was a Canadian film called Skullduggery. And that depicted a role-playing game similar to D&D as a tool of the devil to transform a young man into a serial killer. Interesting. So the media is still milking this. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, again, we're, we're in the early 80s. We kind of went back in time talking about the D&D connection. Right. They, every facet of... of Media, whether it was Hollywood, radio, television, print yeah. material, it was Satan, Satan, Satan. Exactly. And and they really hit it on all ends, didn't they? Oh, they definitely did. They're thinking, all right, he's he's down there playing playing this, you know, live action Dungeons and Dragons or as you say, steam tunnel incidents down there, and and he got lost. I I guess he just hung out at his friend's house for a month, and then he he just kept attempting suicide. 
Yep. It's, it's all he did. He just <laughs> just day in, day out, attempted to kill himself and just failure after failure. Now, of course, he played D&D, and this was all Satan's fault, but yeah. what, the, what the fuck was bothering this kid? Did yeah. they find out? Like, what, what was his I, deal? I don't know if they found out. Did you find anything on that? I did. Did you? Yes, I oh, did. Oh, that's no. exciting. Well, before we get into... Do you want to get into that, or no. do you want to get into his his, his success? No, go right ahead. All, All right. right, let's get into his success. Well, he finally killed himself by way of self-inflicted gunshot. I guess he finally figured out that if he used the gun, it would probably work. Um, But it had no connection with D&D. Um, of course. Because there's no guns at D&D. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. But Timothy Cask, a D&D developer, noted that the, uh, the sales of D&D ma- uh, manuals only really took off in the wake of this guy's death. Well, yeah, because like, people become curious and want to know what the hell it is. Right, right. I mean, well, we're talking... cool and fun and evil and scary. You know, we're, dude, we're talking the sales of, of gaming ma- manuals nearly quadrupled because of this fucking thing. Like, it's crazy. But Gary Gygax and his partners went from earning $2.3 million in 1979 to 8.7 by the end of 1980. Yeah. In one fucking in year. In one year. One year. And it's crazy. So to go into um, what people really think this this man's problem was, and it was pretty simple. Uh, the private investigator that they hired, William Deere, uh, came out and revealed the truth of the incident in his 1984 book, The Dungeon Master. And he... I like the name of it. He basically said that there was no link between D&D and Egbert's disappearance. He acknowledged that Egbert's domineering mother had more to do with all of his problems than any of his interest in role-playing games. It's blaming on the occult. It's blaming on this game that was probably his fucking escape. <laughs> I was going to say, it's which probably his only escape from his, his mother. Yeah, yeah. That, that put him in a place where he didn't have to be subjected to her will just for a small period of time. Of course. Instead of being, what was his name? James Dallas Egbert III. This can- he, could be, he could be Lucifuge Cotter, the tiefling rogue. I think I think he'd make a good dungeon master. He just came off of that real quick. Oh no, that's the character I'm playing in the in the campaign I'm uh, playing right okay. now. <laughs> well, you should put some thought into it. It sounded believable. Thanks. And book after book and movie after movie, this continued to happen in the early '80s. We just talked about that 1980 book that was written book that was written by the investigator. Now Neil Stevenson wrote a novel in 1984 that satirized the university life. It was called The Big U. Um, this also included live action fantasy role player who died in a steam tunnel incident, leading to another gamer becoming mentally unstable and unable to distinguish reality from the game. Mm. One of the best scenes from that movie I mentioned before, Tom Hanks, Mazes and Monsters, was him like coming to terms that he was fucking nuts, and he just pl- did this weird, sad, dying animal cry for help at the end. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was so bad. Um, That's I gotta, awesome. I got a good laugh out of it. That's for sure. I got to YouTube that. TJ, what am I doing here? Kate, why can't I remember? So let's jump to, to 1985. You're, um, this is just like what, roughly the, the time that you're beginning to play Dungeons and Dragons. Basically, I'm discovering it about now. Yeah. Okay. So do you remember there was a 60 minute special? That included interviews with the parents of the players who had allegedly committed murders and suicide in uh, connection to the game. And they let like Gary Gygax come on and kind of defend the game in a way. Gary Gygax uh, actually replied on the show, um, "This is make believe. No one is uh, no one is a martyr. There is no violence there." There's this guy uh, Radecki. I can't I can't 
find his fucking first name. To Thomas. Thomas. Thomas, that's it. He linked the game to 28 murder-suicide cases. Oh, yeah, because he was an expert. He was the president of the National Coalition on TV Violence. With there you go. That's it. Spewing through I was nothing trying to remember but, what it was. Spewing through nothing but skewed bullshit data that's fed to him by people that control the narrative. And also in 1985, I wanted, to, I wanted to bring up, because you're sitting here with me, I wanted to see if you remembered this. Patricia Pulling joined forces with a psychiatrist. Oh, there it is. Thomas Radecki. See, two pages, two pages later, there's his name. I knew I'd had his name down here. They created Bad. B-A-D-D. <laughs> yeah, right. Bothered, Bothered about, about Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. <laughs> wow. I wish I'd heard about that one. Yeah. That's That's good. almost as corny as some of those old WWF acronyms they used to use, Johnny. Like, do you remember, like, PMS? Pretty Mean Sisters? Yeah. <laughs> like, just dumb shit. Like, who comes up with this stuff? Now, you you, you kind of brought us a, a a little treat into the studio before we get into that. You got any, you, I think you got another story for us? Which, oh, so basically what happened was, as me and her, not Dodge Dragons related, but me and her oh, friend okay. of mine were smoking cigarettes next to a church, got arrested for trying to break into the church, uh-huh. apparently, and then they took pictures of all my stuff, sent it to one of these experts who in turn told my parents I was in a cult and told them all this wacky shit. Oh, shit. And my parents were just like, you're a fucking kid, it's just stupid. Right, like, right. Because my parents weren't stupid. Yeah. You know, and well, they say, good. well, what does that's this good. really mean? <laughs> and I'd explain to them what it really meant. And they'd be like, oh, okay, cool. But it was like really stupid shit. Like, one was a anti-Nazi thing on my skateboard. The circle with the swastika yeah. with the line through it. Right. The guy called me a Nazi for having that on my skateboard. You know what? That's funny. I got called he a didn't Nazi. Get it. I, I had that. I had that same exact patch. On one of my jackets, and I got called a Nazi at the Grand Run Mall for wearing it too. I understand that exact set of it. <laughs> and then me and a friend had a cartoon we drew of like slugs called the Slug Army, and they thought that was like a thing. So <laughs> satanic cult thing, satanic slugs. I love it. it. Stupid, you know, like Black Flag, the band. They were yeah, yeah, to yeah. Some satanic thing and the Ankh symbol. Okay. The Ankh, they were some, yeah, I, I, some, I, I like, never understood why cult, people thought that um, was satanic. Orgy sex thing. Right. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it yeah, up. exactly. He brought in a set of original Dungeons and Dragons dice from the original Dungeons and Dragons set, first edition, unopened, still in the bag. Take them around. Sing them like I saw. Oh, there they are. Yes, it's like bright orange D20. It was an original set from probably the blue box that came as okay. like a starter set. The well, only other thing I was going to throw in there was that nun. I was talking about the TV show nun. Yeah. I remember her going on and on about D&D all the time and actually having the books and trying to quote the books, and they were always wrong because I'd have the book right in front of me while I'm watching her on TV and going, you're not even close. And I would call her up and prank her all the time. And yell at her. <laughs> and say, you're wrong. Page 74 is not that. It's this. And actually tell her what it was. So the association of games and the uh, with the occult, Still continues to this day. I think it was still in the eighties, but there were some T evangelists that was he had bushy hair and he really demonized He Man and the Masters of the oh Universe. Oh my god, yes. He also oh, like his related name? My Little Pony. I can't remember Bobby Laser. Something like that, yeah. I know the the great Satan, the everything is terrible, loves to use them in their VHS clips yeah. and everything. But this guy was nuts. And he continued that. He said something like, I don't have the facts in front of me, but Talking about that that guy that's doing all those interviews, um, I'll send you the the YouTube video and I'll, I'll post it on the the goat farm for everybody to check out. But um, 
that that interviewer did this thing called it was it was called like interview with the first satanic family or something like that and it's it's him sitting down with Zena uh, Anton's daughter yeah and the um I forget the guy's name he was a high he was high in the church of satan but he he made a subdivision that was like the werewolves of the church of satan or some bullshit like that okay. or vampires or something like that it was this whole interview with them and Zena just keeps getting like pissed off and like getting like all angry angry and like fucking like loud with her words and shit that's weird because she during that you know one thing we didn't get to talk about was that Geraldo rivera two-hour special yes i that think was i referred special. to it once but um she was relatively calm in that throughout she usually tries to hold her herself um no th- this guy you could tell was poking and prod and he's really right. Well, the, like I said, this continues to this day, but Dungeons and Dragons really, uh, really kicked things off, and it's, it gave the media something to really dive into when it's at. So, thank you, Rishi. I wanted to, I wanted to thank you for um, coming on, talking, giving us your wisdom about what was going on when when you were living through this time period, and and just talking some Dungeons and Dragons with me. I always love, and I always love talking to fellow nerd. Well, thank you for having me. Speaking of Dungeons and Dragons. I wanted to reach out and let anybody here know that if you do play Dungeons and Dragons and would like to um, help out a good cause, there is event coming up soon, uh, September 18th through the 20th. I have posted the link on our goat farm. So if you guys are listening and you haven't followed yet, go ahead, follow us on the goat farm in, in Facebook. I'll try and get the link to Twitter as well. It is the world's biggest online Dungeons and Dragons game. It is five to ten dollars to sign in. The ticketing fee is being donated to a charity to help support Children's Hospital COVID nineteen impact fund at um hundred and seventy children's miracle uh network hospitals. So you'll be helping out in this horrible pandemic. Heal children and 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 lift them up. And all while doing it you'll be able to kind of traverse the um the forgotten realms and you know really become somebody new. So come, ye knights of old, crusaders of gods, and barbarians who control the spine of the world. Come, ye thieves and scoundrels, wizards and warlocks, and dwarves of the mount, and rise, ye necros, from your deathly slumber and hear this call. Show your arms and join us. Surely, with your help, no orc goblin, beholder, mind flayer, dragon, and certainly not the dreaded COVID-19 is a match for our combined strengths and efforts to help slay it. Like I said, once more, the link will be posted on Facebook Goat Farm, and I will uh, I'll get it up on the Twitter as well. Perfect. And talking about the Goat Farm, just as a reminder, that is our interactive Facebook group. You can find it by going on Facebook. First, you're going to want to like our podcast, and then you're going to want to search for The Goat Farm. Satanic Study Hall presents The Goat Farm. Click the join button. We will be happy to accept you. We have a bunch of awesome people in there. And I think it's time to tell you a little bit more about our social media. What do you think? Oh, yeah. All right, heathens and heathenettes. It's time to remind you of how to find us in the world of social media. You can find us, the uh, the podcast itself, on Facebook at Satanic Study Hall. Um, you know, we're always posting audio clips and, and the latest happenings that you know with the podcast. And then I'm going to bounce over to Twitter, where you can find us over at Satanic SH. Both the S's and the H are capitalized. I know I weird to have to say that, but it means something. You know, we're always having a blast interacting with the with the community over there. So definitely follow us, say hello. Um, I am. 99% of my day is spent on Twitter. So Tweet, tweet. Yeah, I know. I'm addicted to this to this platform for some reason. 
And then, you know, we can, we also have an Instagram. The Gram. You can find us at Satanic Study Hall. Uh, you know, you always find exclusive pics and clips of the cast recording and researching, as well as many other educational and sometimes downright satanic stuff. Sounds dirty. Mm. And last but certainly not least is our Patreon, where you can find us at patreon.com slash satanic study hall. We have a $3.33 tier, which gets you the podcast shout out, bonus episodes, and stickers. And if you bump up to $6.66, you get all those benefits plus a composition book, pencil pouch, and Satanic Study Hall pencil, as well as a live Q&A with the cast. Oh, my God. I know, right? And then, of course, we have our VIP $20 tier. Very important patron. They are. The Diamond Club, which includes everything that I have mentioned thus far, and a Satanic Study Hall t-shirt. Can we sign up for him, Dennis? If they want a signature, yeah, just yeah, I'm not going to sign it for you automatically. But if you want us to sign it for you, I think we'll go that extra mile and do it. And I don't then, think uh, I don't think that's it, is it? No, no, of course not. So after you get this awesome, and I'm telling you, this awesome T-shirt because it is comfy. I got one myself. You're going to get a one-on-one Zoom video session with the cast of Satanic Study Hall, and then an eventual feature on an episode. So please come on over if you feel that we deserve it. And then I think um I think we're gonna we're gonna do a little something special for our Patreons now. We we mentioned it before. And hello, patrons of Patreon. What is going on? Thank you for being here. We truly appreciate your support. Uh moving forward on our episodes, we are gonna always call out our VIP patrons as well as shout out any new patrons that we had join our community since the last time we were on the air. I might Repeat a couple of names from the last episode because I didn't keep a real good track, but that is okay. August has been a busy month for Patreon. That is ridiculously humbling, and it's it's really taken on a life of its own, very similar to our goat farm. So thank you all for your financial contributions and just overall support. We're going to start with our Founders Club level, which is $3.33. So welcome to Patreon, Jenny. Jenny just recently joined us, as well as Hassie. We got uh, the chance to meet Hassi uh, about a month ago or a couple weeks ago. We were definitely happy to have the interaction there. So thank you for your support. And at our $6.66 level, we have some new entries as well. Welcome Shana. Shana just joined us yesterday. And we also have Christina. Christina joined us not too long ago as well. Tori. Tori, welcome to the club. Thanks for being here. Mackenzie. Definitely active on social media, and we're enjoying the back and forth that we're having with you. Then we have Aaron. Aaron, thank you so much for sticking around Satanic Study Hall and being here with us. Awesome interactions I've heard uh, back and forth between you and Dennis and just overall involvement and interest. So, again, thank you for being here. And then we have Tabitha. Tabitha is an old school member of the podcast. She's been around since it was an idea. So, Tabby, thank you for being here. Hope all is well in the world of you. And then covering our VIPs, we have Misty's Coventry, who joined us in August. Um, Sean, thank you so much for being here. We'll be reaching out to you very soon about um, just putting the word out about the business and the things that you're up to. And then Manaz the Left, who is primarily responsible for us actually creating the goat farm. He pushed us in the right direction, and here we are. So, Manaz, thank you for being here. Glad you were able to join that triple feature, Baffinet movie for um black panther that was great next vip to touch on here is our special friend 
We have a supporter on the Patreon that just wants to remain behind the scenes, but uh, maintain his his support. So to our special friend, thank you very much. Uh, it is a pleasure. Alex. Alex was our very first VIP and has taken really big control of keeping the goat farm engaged. And uh, we love you, Alex. And we, we can't thank you enough for all your contributions and how supportive you've been. So that's going to cover the Patreon coverage uh, for this episode. We're hoping to have some more to cover in two weeks from now. Last time I'll say it, bowing my head, giant hail Satan to all of our supporters and anybody that's been considering or listening to the podcast, but the Patreon community is definitely taking on a life of its own. We are super humbled. Thank you so much. So I think that's it, gentlemen. It's been a long episode. Yes, it has. Long ass episode of study hall. Uh, I am looking forward to the winter, so our classroom is a little cooler. You guys are lucky I'm not fucking naked right now. <laughs> That's all right. These are the things we <laughs> suffer through right. for our listeners. Yeah, our listeners are lucky. They don't have to see my butt ass naked. <laughs> yeah. You guys, on the other hand, in about five minutes are going to be given a show. I am running out of the classroom. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for being here. However you found us, Apple, Spotify, SatanicStudyHall.com. We're just glad that you're here with us. And... Next episode, 1990s Satanic Panic, the West Memphis Three, and we're going to touch on some modern day examples of how this bullshit's still going on. I think I just have a big old Hail Satan for you guys and for our listeners. Thanks for being here this week. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hey, Miss Kali, can I get a new pencil? <laughs>